Arizona Sports, Sports. the local sports sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. And off we go with the 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, the top stories of the day, all put into one convenient one-stop shopping location for you here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Of course, we got Mitch and Eric both kind of co-filling in for Gambo today on this Thursday afternoon. We start with the Arizona Cardinals. Let's give you a coaching update. According to reports, the Arizona Cardinals are going to interview D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers, this week for the head coaching job. It's not specified when, just sometime this week. Tyler Drake, our own Cardinals reporter for ArizonaSports.com, has suggested on his Twitter account that if you kind of follow the timeline, it could potentially happen on Saturday. Of course, the Niners are playing the Cowboys on Sunday. Uh, also, according to reports, the Cardinals are going to interview with Aaron Glenn on Saturday. So I misspoke. I meant Ryan's could interview with the Cardinals on Friday. Cardinals assistant Sean Jefferson reportedly interviewing for the Patriots offensive coordinator position. And then according to this report, then guys, you can kind of react to all of this. Bears assistant GM Ian Cunningham, according to a report from Jay Glazer, turned down the Cardinals' general manager's job. I think that caught my attention most today in the sense that, okay, we knew that Michael Bidwill at least offered it to somebody else before he ended up offering the job to Monty, but I'm more curious as to why he would have turned down the job, Eric. It's very curious indeed. I understand the curiosity surrounding it, and obviously it's it's a little strange that somebody already like made the offer, then they turn it down. But to me, when you see Austin Ford, it, he doesn't seem like a consolation prize. That looks like somebody that Michael Bidwell really wants to be there. I'm just keyed in on D'Amico Ryans because I think he'd be a great head coach. I think he's a great candidate. But just how much can you prepare for an interview when you're also preparing to play in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I, I'm keyed in a little on D'Amico Ryans, too, in part because he, no against, no no offense to Aaron Glenn, but it feels like D'Amico Ryans is going to be that one that's going to get an interview if he doesn't have one already. Ready with just about everybody out there, and so I, I'm. It's not. It's not just the Cardinals interviewing him. In some ways, it's him interviewing the Cardinals if he is going to have options and teams that are going to want him. And I'm kind of curious how that goes. I, the Ian Cunningham news. I'll, I'll be honest with everybody. It made me feel uncomfortable when I read that today when I saw Jake Glazer's tweet because I, I you know I, I don't know exactly what it means I don't know exactly how to interpret it because it's not all of the facts it's just kind of a, a tweet but it did it made me feel uncomfortable to think that there was somebody who could have had it and said no because immediately your mind goes to the idea why did they say no and until we know the answer to that definitively it's hard to know exactly how to feel about it but it, it did make me feel uncomfortable today for sure Phoenix Suns, they're back home tonight, and they've got some reinforcements coming by the way of Cam Johnson. He'll return to action for the first time since his torn meniscus. That happened all the way back in early November, but it is not all great news on the injury front. Uh, injury front. After initially being listed as questionable, Chris Paul is out for tonight's game against the Nets. I guess we can't have everything here in Phoenix, but if it means Cam Johnson is back, 
I will take it, and I'm sure the offense will get the much-needed boost it needs. And perhaps this is just the first of many in the coming weeks. Eric, who knows? I said it before. It almost felt like Cam Johnson's that first domino you're waiting to fall because his injury happened before everybody else's when the season was going great. Now he comes back to a team that's in a very different position. Yeah, I look, I like Cam Johnson a lot. I think they've been missing a lot of what Cam Johnson is good at and what he does with the offense, the way he struggles. I, I'm being cautious about pouring too much into this one specific game just because it is his first game in a long time. They still don't have a real ball handler out there, and it, it's still a long way for them to go. But this, for a for a, a, a thirsty man in the desert, man, this is a nice drink of water right now, knowing at least somebody is going to be back for this team. The Suns aren't the only local team in action tonight, though. Tempe is going to be busy. 7 o'clock, the Coyotes are hosting Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals at Mullet Arena. You can hear that one on the Arizona Sports app and KTAR 92.3. And, of course, with Ovechkin, you understand you're talking about number two on the all-time goal list. He still has a long way to go to get to number one with Wayne Gretzky, but uh, you're talking about one of the all-time greats, obviously, in the history of the league. And then the late-night snack from the pack, ASU men's basketball hosting fifth-ranked UCLA, the top spot in the conference on the line tonight at 8.30. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. Boy, am I gra- uh, glad I graduated when I did because it is going to be busy on Tempe's ASU campus. But you know what? I'll take it. My Sun Devil loving butt is so ready to see the Devils take down UCLA, take down those number five Bruins, shove it in my friend's dad's face. I am so ready for this Devils game tonight, Eric. I don't know about you. I hope you feel the same way. Yeah, I'm hoping to, you know, give it to your friend's dad as well. I just it's a uh, long it's a long train to go. I know. Uh, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I, I think it's great just because you've seen the Bobby Hurley era at ASU, and a lot of the teams kind of felt like they had some dysfunction. But but this team, they just play together and they play a really beautiful style of basketball should be a great matchup against UCLA. Wow, I had no idea that Mitch would be playing the role of the vindictive co-host today. You, you, that's usually Gambo's forte. You you handle it so well. Do you want the you, New York accent that's, that's, too? No, no, I really don't, but that's been... You, that, that's some <laughs> Wipe the blood from your mouth. My goodness, Mitch. Jeez, you went after that one for sure. What I'm here to do. Lots of NFL news today. The Ravens remain confident they can sign quarterback Lamar Jackson to a long-term deal despite no deal after two years of negotiations. Ravens GM Eric DaCosta quote, I truly believe Lamar wants to finish his career in Baltimore. Head coach John Harbaugh, quote, I have every faith that it's going to get done. Eric wants him here. I want him here. The owner wants him here. Lamar wants to be here. It's going to work out, close quote. They did fire their offensive coordinator today, or they parted ways. Is Lamar going to be in Baltimore long term? I find it interesting, the phrasing of we find him to be here a raven for life. He's He's played five years in the NFL. We're already predicting life. I'm curious what kind of a contract they're negotiating then if they want him to be a raven for life. Could this be his his second and only contract after his rookie contract, Eric. I wonder what kind of discussions they're having there. Some of this feels like almost a little bit of posturing because if he wanted to be there that bad, if everybody wanted everybody to be there that bad, it feels like something would have been done over the last two years. Yeah, it does. Look, everybody is suggesting that what Lamar Jackson wants is a Deshaun Watson guaranteed money kind of deal, like all of it guaranteed kind of deal. 
and he can be there as much as he wants. They can want him there as much as they want. If, if he wants that, they're not going to give it to him. This one might end up with a franchise tag. But also, who's going to give him guaranteed money? I mean, the, all it took was one, right? And the Browns did it. Now, the Browns did it with Deshaun Watson. Nobody else has followed suit, and I don't think anyone's in a rush to do it. No. But if that's what he's asking for, we'll see if he gets it. Um, meanwhile, there were a couple of other coaching moves today. The Bucks fired their offensive coordinator, Leftwich, amid an overhaul by Todd Bowles. The Dolphins fired their defensive coordinator, Coach Boyer, after three seasons as the D.C. in Miami. So the coaching changes continue. I was going to say just real quickly on that, because they had a full release, six coaches were fired and three retired. So it sounds like they're freely giving Todd Bowles the reins on this organization. I wonder how Tom Brady feels about that, the new free agent. Well, and two, Eric, I wonder how much of a commodity Byron Leftwich is going to be out there on the marketplace when he was at his best, and he being Brady, those numbers they put up there were impressive. Obviously a big step back. How much that was Brady? How much that was Byron Leftwich? And how much of a commodity will he be out on the marketplace? And how much of that was uh, injuries to a Tampa Bay team that was riddled with them this year? I think he'll be a name to look out for. Yeah. That's our 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Cam Johnson is back for the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul is not. How much is reasonable to expect of Cam Johnson tonight in this first game in nearly three months? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, live at the Ainsworth downtown on Sunday. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And if you want to come down and see us in person, too, our promotions team is here. And you can register for your opportunity to win tickets to go see the Super Bowl Music Fest. Uh, the artists featured for this are Imagine Dragons, the Dave Matthews Band, and Paramore. It's like a three-day fest in conjunction with the Super Bowl. Some good groups. Uh, some very good groups in there. And if you want to win tickets to those, you need to get down here. You're coming down to downtown Phoenix. Our promotions team will be set up here until 6 o'clock. You can uh, register to win those tickets, perhaps. I was going to also just mention you can feel the vibe that the, that the big game is going to be here in about a month. With the, the town is like decorated the, Super Bowl, yeah, right? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know when they started doing it, but you can definitely start to see some of the stuff is going up, and they're starting its kind of transformation. I imagine the same thing is happening in Old Town Scottsdale and Glendale yeah. around the stadium. It really takes me back to 2015. Yeah, it really it, does. It's a lot of fun. Uh, nothing nothing quite like a Super Bowl, unless it's an NBA Finals. Now, whether the Suns can get back there or not, I don't know. It's a long, long road to go. But uh, every journey begins with a single step, and perhaps getting Cam Johnson back tonight is that single step that the Phoenix Suns are looking for. It's um, It has been a grind since the beginning of December, basically for the last six or seven weeks. It's been hard to watch. It's been hard to talk about. It's been, it's been tough to experience. We've been waiting, Eric, for any kind of a sign, some sort of a something to let us know that maybe we're coming out of this? Is Cam Johnson that something we've been looking for? It's funny because I feel like there's a game of Pong going on in my brain where I'm just bouncing back and forth between yes, this is the start of everything being fixed and then, okay, well this is just a drop in the bucket of the Suns' problems because Cam Johnson is a very valuable basketball player. There's no doubt about it. As a shooter, as a ball handler, somebody who can even drive to the rim sometimes he he brings a little bit of everything but at the same time 
He's not Devin Booker, and that's a fair. That's not a fair way to compare it. But you also can't expect one guy coming back to just ease all the pains of what's been just an awful couple of months. No, uh, you can't. What What I'm hoping is that, and, and I'm you know when he when he's here sitting with us, I'll, I'll probably even call it the Kellen Olson plan. And, and in some ways, it was actually the Tim Ring plan. If you guys remember when Tim was filling in for Gambo over the holidays, he was talking a lot about you know just kind of play 500 basketball kind of hang around yeah about that and, and yeah about that well I, but <laughs> but his intentions were in the right spot Tim's were play five, 500 basketball hang around and then when you get your guys back make your push obviously they weren't able to play the 500 basketball they've dropped 17 of their last 22 nine of their last 10 whatever the exact numbers are we all know how bad it's been I I, I suggest to you this is the Tim ring plan part two where between now and and the beginning of February, they are the begin. Yeah, the beginning of February, they've got seven games. Play five hundred ish basketball over those next seven games. You get Devin Booker back. You get Chris Paul back. You have thirty games to go starting on February first against the Atlanta Hawks, and then you go, and and, and you you give it every, you, you 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 turn it up full throttle. See what you've got. Go as hard as you can and see where you end up and see if you can stay healthy over the course of time. To get to February 1st, you have to survive these next seven games. And I think that's where Cam Johnson, Mitch, his value might lie, is in the real short term over the next 10 days or so. And I hate to be immediately pessimistic following this, hey, we got this, we can do this, and we just do this one thing and layered with another thing. Is Cam Johnson going to be making it all seven of those games? Don't we know. don't know. He's been out for two months. How much management are they going to have with his recovery of this meniscus? Granted, it's more on the, if I recall correctly, it's more on the positive side, right? It wasn't like a full, complete tear that's keeping him out for a lot longer. It was the alternative method of being able to bring him back a lot faster of just, what was it, the snip? Yeah, just the- yeah it was it was a little snip which allowed him, I mean, he might have problems down the road, but in terms of the short term, it puts him in a better position. It, it, it um, I, Look, the long term implications of Cam Johnson, they're, they're undeniable and they're unavoidable. What's going to happen with him this offseason? How much does new incoming owner Matt Ishbia have to do about that? I imagine a lot of that is going to be decided by how Cam plays. Um, it's it doesn't solve every single problem, and it certainly doesn't answer every single question. But in the immediate short term, Eric, I don't care about all that other stuff. I, I just I want to come into work tomorrow and be able to talk about a son's win. I want to be able to talk about them reversing the tide of this, them changing the equation to a certain extent. Uh, that other big picture 30,000 feet stuff, that can wait for another day as far as I'm concerned. Right. So when you look at it small picture, these next seven games before you get to February. Let's find out where the wins are coming from. You've got Brooklyn tonight, then you take on Indiana on Saturday, Memphis on Sunday, a back-to-back, Charlotte, Dallas, San Antonio, Toronto. I see Charlotte as a team that you can look at and say, yeah, the Suns with a healthy Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges should beat them. San Antonio, too. That's two wins. All those other teams, the way the Suns have been playing, unless Cam Johnson comes back and gives them that shot in the arm that they need, those are going to be tough ones to pull out. Let me throw Indiana into that, too, because they're down their most important player right now in Tyrese Halliburton, so maybe you can catch them while they're at kind of a low point. Secondly, with Indiana, they're coming off of a back-to-back in Denver, then in Phoenix the next day. 
Sunday, so maybe that could be the schedule loss that benefits the Suns in a way this upcoming weekend. Yeah. So maybe you're almost at 500. We've got three. We need at least one more. I mean, so three. And, I, I I think I take three and four at this point because mm-hmm. I, I kind of did the you know even okay. I had even projected like two and five. You go two and five. All right. Now to finish with a 500 record. Let's say you just go two and five over these next seven games. To finish with a 500 record at the end of the season, you'd have to go 18 and 12 when you get to February 1st, presuming you have Devin Booker and a fully healthy team at that moment. That doesn't sound like you're asking for too much. That doesn't sound like a big, you know, and, and 41 wins. I looked back the last couple of years of the NBA standings, 41 wins. you got a pretty good chance of being in the play-in tournament. You know, you're going to be on the fringe. You're going to be – so if you can do even a little bit better than that, maybe you put yourself in a position – and I get it. If you're a cynic about the Suns, you're probably hearing this and you think it's all just a bunch of wishful thinking, BS, Homer, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I totally get that. We're looking for paths, right? We're looking for ways the Suns can get out of this mess they've gotten themselves into. Not saying it's going to happen – just trying to light the way to show people, Eric, how it potentially could happen. And I think that a lot of people see the Suns this season, obviously a huge disappointment the way they are right now, but at the end of the day, if you go into the playoffs and you do have a healthy Devin Booker and a healthy supporting cast around him, when you've got somebody like that, really anything can happen. And and to that point, a a part that was in Kellen's story this morning on ArizonaSports.com, he brought Vegas into the equation. You go look at the odds of who's going to represent the Western Conference. It's pretty close. It's. I'd say what the Suns are fifth. The Suns have the. The Suns have what the twelfth best record in the West, but they've got the fifth best odds in the West to win the Western Conference to go to the NBA Finals. Now I'm not saying that means it's likely. I'm just saying that's kind of the odds makers' reflection of hey, they start getting some guys back. Don't count them out, you know. Don't and, and then people that, are kind of looking at them like the Lakers the year the Suns went all the way to the finals. Of oh, but they're going to get LeBron back. Oh, but they're going to get Anthony Davis back. Oh, they've got Russell Westbrook. You're going to have to watch out for this team because they're better than you think to a certain extent. And, and I mean, even last year, the Golden State Warriors got off to that great start. They were all beat to hell this time a year ago, right? February, March. They were missing all sorts of guys. I think they went on a four or five game win streak right before the playoff start. And they were still one of the favorites, but certainly not the favorite. They went through a horrendous stretch of basketball. Maybe not as bad as what the Suns are going through, but that's sort of where that belief is rooted in. They got their guys back. They got them back in enough time to be able to kind of flip that switch. And I think that's kind of the model that we're all looking for when it comes to this. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show live from the Ainsworth in downtown Phoenix. Meanwhile, if the Suns are going to make a run, something has to happen with Jake Crowder. What is going to happen with Jake Crowder? We'll talk about that next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo, live at the Ainsworth downtown on Sunday, presented by Michelob Ultra. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Bernsey and the kids today on this Thursday afternoon edition of the Burns and Gambo Let Show. Let the kids play. Uh, apparently is the is the game plan. As uh, Gambo's, uh, I'd say he's got the day off, but it's by no means a vacation day for Gambo. He is uh, taking the day off to be with his family today. Uh, last night they they had to lay to rest their beloved family dog after about 16 years. And anybody who's ever been through that knows how hard that can be on everybody. And so everybody thought it best that Gambo take a day today. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back tomorrow. And uh, we decided, kind of, you know what? What the hell? Let's just go Bernsey and the kids today. Mitch Vareldis, our producer. Eric Ruby, our associate producer and update anchor. He's back there in the Auction Community Studios. Mitch and I are down here at the Ainsworth. We're just, uh, it's Bernsey and the kids today. And it's now time to get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. Go ahead, Eric. I was going to say, that's a good name of a band. Not bad, right? Bernsey, Bernsey and the kids. kids. Bernsey and the kids. Not bad. Yeah, we've been using the band analogy all day. Let's take it one step further. Let's <laughs> update our Twitter poll question of the day. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. We've been joking all day that we're like a, a rock band and our, our lead singer had to miss the gig. So, you know what? The, the, the gig is still on. We're still going to play. We're just all kind of taking turns singing the songs right now without our lead singer. And and because uh, the, the show must go on. And as this show must go on, Eric, what's our poll question today? Our situation almost feels similar to the Suns situation. They might be missing their lead singer still, but they're getting back a big member of their band tonight. Cam Johnson returns to the court all the way for the first time since November 4th. So it's a simple question. Who leads the Suns in scoring tonight? Is it the returning Cam Johnson? Is it Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, or other? I will not stand for the DeAndre Ayton slander. Yeah? <laughs> so Is gonna, he going to stand for it? I'm, gonna, I'm hoping he's not going to stand for it either because, man, there's been some stuff said about him the last 48 hours or so that we've noticed. We'll talk about that later. And while I might agree with a lot of what's been said about him, he rises tonight. I got DeAndre Eaton as the Suns' leading scorer. I picked other. I went with Damian Lee because I felt like it. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with the that. Damian Lee feeling. You know I, I tell you what, our Look. friends from FanDuel are across the street. I got a hunch. I got a hunch. Right. A Damian Lee hunch. You don't need to validate your feelings. You just just go ahead and throw it out there, Mitch. Eric, what do you got? Personally, I'm going to roll with Cam Johnson just because even if he's not going to get a lot of minutes, the Suns are going to need a lot of offense, and I've got confidence in a shot. That never goes away. But none of us answered Mikhail Bridges, and that's what the fans voted for. 40% says Mikhail leads the Suns in scoring tonight. Tonight in second place, a distant second place, 24% say DeAndre Ayton, 20% say Cam Johnson, 15.8% go other slash Damian Lee in the case of Mitch. Honestly, Mikel is probably the safe bet, if I'm being honest about it. That, Somebody that, did point out, though, Mikel's going to have to guard Kyrie. So is he going to have oh, it in him to, uh, to go and score 25-something points? And we've barely talked about the Nets today. We've been so focused on the Suns. It should be pointed out, yes, Kyrie missed their last game. They lost to the San Antonio Spurs in embarrassing fashion. It's expected Kyrie's going to play tonight. Obviously, no Kevin Durant. He hurt his knee against the Miami Heat. I think he's still a week away from being evaluated. I'll tell you, another guy who's been doing well recently for the Brooklyn Nets, former Phoenix Sun, T.J. Warren. You'll get a, you'll get a dose of T.J. tonight. 
tonight if you're the Suns and if you're heading down to the Footprint Center. Yeah, for how are those game. cash considerations doing? Uh, I, I mean, the Suns, that that deal was working out just fine for them. It was. Until it wasn't, you know. So. For a while, both him and cash considerations played the same amount of games. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's, that is a fair, fair point. Um, three weeks from today, guys, is the trade deadline in the NBA, which means three weeks from today, if all goes according to plan, hopefully the words, what are they going to get for Jay Crowder, do not have to come out of any of our mouths at any point three weeks from today. It's done. It's over. Whatever is going to be will be, and it's going to happen. You guys both, when we were prepping for the show today, brought two interesting kind of Jay Crowder stories to the table. Eric, I'm going to start with yours. I'm going to kind of let you present it um, because it was basically this idea that Miami's got a standing offer for Jay Crowder right there on the table, ready to go. And the Suns, knowing they have that in there, but I don't know if this is true or not. This is just the report. But the Suns, knowing they have that in their back pocket, they're kind of operating accordingly. Like, all right, we might as well wait and see what else we've got out there. Tell us a little bit more about that. So the original reporting was from Heavy Sports, which actually has been in a lot of NBA news as of late. Basically, one Eastern Conference executive told them that the the Heat have a standing offer to the Suns, as he understands it, but Phoenix wants to bring things closer to the deadline to see if someone gets desperate, to see if they could do better, or get Miami to add a pick. The package that they're currently talking about centers around Caleb Martin, who has been starting and not starting for the Heat at forward as of late, but they're wondering if they can get a little bit more out of Jay Crowder. Caleb Martin, I'm just pulling up his numbers right now. This year for the Miami Heat, he's... He'll shoot from range. That much is for certain. He's played in 36 games. He's started 36 games. He is a 40% three-point shooter, so he's got that going for him. Averaging about 10 points per game, and, and I mean, certainly like a lot of the... As we inch closer to this deadline, Mitch, we're going to put him in the category of something is better than nothing, and, and while you might... You know, look down upon Caleb Martin or think that that's not worthy of a Jay Crowder return. The truth of the matter is, Jay Crowder hasn't played in 40 whatever games it is for the Phoenix Suns this year, 45, 46, whatever it is. Um, something would be better than nothing at this point. I was going to say, if you want, we can compare the stat lines of Caleb Martin and Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's is. Uh, zeros. I can't, or I can't read anything because there's, there's just a bunch of lines. Yeah, a, lot, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of blank spaces. So, yeah, something is better than nothing. In, in, and in some ways, uh, whether the specifics of that reporting hold true or not, guys, I don't know. In some ways, it does sort of make sense that, that in part, that's kind of what been, has been going on here. Now, you, you still think at some point James Jones would have said, okay, I've held out long enough. I'm not going to get any better than that. That's the very best I'm going to do in terms of the offer. I need to take it because I need a body. And if I were a Suns fan, I might be a little annoyed that he's been waiting for something better than that when, as we can all agree, something is, in fact, better than nothing. And so I, I get him wanting to hold out for a better deal. I, I just don't know if that better deal's out there. Now, you, Mitch, have this, and this was a proposal from theathletic.com in which they suggested more like three-team shenanigans between them, the Bucks, and, um, and Houston. Houston, that's right. I think this is kind of an update off of a prior Shams report from a lot earlier in the year where it involved three teams and at the center of it, Jay Crowder going to the Bucks and Eric Gordon finding his way to Phoenix. The prior reported trade, it doesn't necessarily hold the same weight. So what this trio of writers did, including Doug Howler, who we're all familiar with here in the Valley, they kind of retooled it. 
And what it resulted in for the Suns, I'll get to the other teams in a minute, but it resulted in Eric Gordon, just like it did last time, and Grayson Allen, which on the surface doesn't necessarily scream like a success in a deal trying to move off of Jay Crowder, but he does kind of supplement that combo guard style that James Jones has been very... Affinitive? What's the, what's the word that I'm trying he's to? Had he's had great affinity for. He's had affection or affinity. He's had affection or affinity for it. Yeah. Um, uh, that one again. We'll put that in the category of something is better than nothing. The, the, here's the thing with any Jay Crowder trade, and and Gimbo and I have talked about this, and I, I still stand very firm on this one. I it's there's a bigger picture decision that has to be made when talking about any Jay Crowder trade, and that is how much. Of of your future do you want to give up in the name of the now and every jay crowder trade has to be viewed through that prism every single one and when i talk about the future i'm talking about a twofold i'm talking about future draft picks and i'm talking about future salary any player that you get in a crowder trade you got to be sure 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 you want him on your roster next year eating up your cap space if you don't you don't want to make that mistake same thing with the draft picks you got to be sure 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 that you're willing to give up a future first next year or even further down the road because you believe in the player that much to make that happen if the answer is no on both of those fronts then i i don't want the suns making the deal you know they've they've got to be absolutely sure here's a guy that will help us this year here's a guy that will help us next year and that's you, you can't take on any additional salary or you can't give up draft picks because that might limit what you're able to do sometime in the future i just consider the prior strategy that james jones has had in the years that he's been here if i recall correctly the last draft pick that he made as gm of the suns was jalen smith and we obviously saw how that turned out because the years prior, he traded away the pick for Landry Shamit and then eventually signed him to a deal. I don't know how much the Suns care about the draft picks, given that they have since... Well, okay, let me rephrase. I don't know how much they value the draft picks compared to other teams. I don't know how much they value development in comparison to other teams. They're one of only a couple franchises that no longer has a G League affiliate. Right. I wonder how much they value those in comparison to some of these other teams. It's not about the draft pick as a draft pick. It's about the draft pick as future currency to make a trade with another team. I, I don't I don't care about the draft pick either, to be honest with you, in terms of a player that they could get. I could give a rip about mock drafts or what guy they could get in the draft. I, I don't care about any of that stuff. For me, saving the draft pick is not about making the draft pick. It's about trading it somebody. Utilizing it to, in some to, alternative that's, That way. to me is the whole deal. I, I don't, you know, because I don't, I, you think you're right. I don't think James Jones cares necessarily about making draft picks. I think he views those as assets to get current established players. And if there's not one this year that he wants, save it, save it, save it. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show so many decisions facing Monty Austin Fort as the new general manager of the Cardinals. One of them is one we haven't talked about yet, and that's the decision looming on a first-round draft pick from just three years ago. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. 
Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Talking a lot of you guys as it's uh, Burnsy and the kids today on the Burns and Gambo show. Um, Gambo's got the day off, not a vacation day. He and his family um, are mourning the loss of their beloved family pet from the last 16 years. Uh, they laid their little dog to rest last night, and and as anybody who's been through something like that can attest, that that is that's the emotional ringer you go through when you when you go through something like that. So Gambo taking the day off, doing what he needs to do, and and of course got our full support. We're very glad he's did it. So today it's Bernsey and the kids. Mitch and Eric are kind of co-filling in for Gambo today, and we're having a really good time. The day's just flying by. Guys, this is a story I've been looking forward to talking about all day, because I think on the the power pole of things that Monty Austinfort has to do as the new general manager of the Cardinals, this is admittedly further down the list, okay? But make no mistake, this is on the list. It has to happen this offseason, uh, Yeah, right? it, and it has to happen in the next couple of months. This is on the list, and I'm talking about the fifth-year option for Isaiah Simmons. That is a decision and it has to be made this offseason. And it's behind who the coach is and who the OC is and who the DC is. And it's probably even behind DeAndre Hopkins in terms of what they're going to do there and how exactly they're going to execute it. But, Eric, there's no doubt that the decision to pick up Isaiah Simmons' fifth-year option, and if you don't, he goes into what is the last year of his deal. Of course, you can still bring him back next year if you wanted to. That's a big decision for the organization because it's the number eight pick overall in the draft back just three years ago. Right. It's a huge decision. And has he lived up to the number eight pick status? I don't think so. But at the same time, not exercising his option to me feels like a mistake because this is somebody who has that potential. And it's not like he hasn't shown it. It's not like he hasn't gone on the field. I mean, he had a hundred tackle season last season, not this past one. The one before that, he had 99. Like it's Isaiah Simmons as a talent is incredible. As an idea is incredible. He was touted as a Swiss army knife. Now in execution, it's been a little different, but how much of that is spreading him out and making him do things that maybe he shouldn't be doing and not focusing him in exactly on where he needs to be. I think a focused Isaiah Simmons more than deserves to get his fifth year option picked up. The story comes from NFL.com and I I, I was, Mitch, I swear I was giddy when I saw the, the, the link on their website this morning. I'm like, oh, what did they say about Isaiah? What did they say? And in my mind, I, I kind of like made a bet with myself. I'm like, I bet they said yes. I bet they said to pick it up. I bet I'm scrolling down, scrolling down and sure enough, there I am. Number eight, Isaiah Simmons. Exercise the option? No. They write, oh, okay. They suggest no. And I, I, I Mitch, I think about Gambo in a moment like this because I think something Gambo would say is that while you want to avoid the mistakes of the past when it comes to Hassan Reddick, they didn't exercise his fifth-year option. Of course, it wasn't until his fourth year they found the best way to use him, and then he left, got the big money from Carolina, and then ultimately Philadelphia. I think something Gambo would probably say today is, but that was Steve Kime's draft pick that Steve Kime was invested in making sure worked. Monty Austinfort yeah, that's a valuable commodity, the number eight pick overall. But, Monty, but there's no connection. But not, Monty didn't make that pick. There's no connection between him he has no and liability. Isaiah Simmons. Yes. He's no, he has no liability, and he doesn't lose anything in the eyes of the fans if he decides not to do that fifth-year option because that wasn't his pick. He doesn't bear the responsibility for that. And this uh, this writer for NFL.com, Mark Ross, kind of went in the direction that you went with with his reasoning. Cardinals are installing a new regime, including recently hired GM Monty Ossenfort. And at this point, 
point, I wouldn't invest in Simmons, who started 37 of 50 regular season games past 2023. Well, half of that is a reasonable excuse. I'm not sure if necessarily the other half of that is as good of an idea. The, the challenge with Simmons, as Eric had already mentioned, is that, that Swiss Army knife type player. Steve Keim, when he drafted Simmons, obviously saw him in one sort of direction, and the whole coaching staff saw that as well. But this is this is Monty's vision now. Does he want to put Isaiah Simmons in what he thinks is the best position for him to succeed? Which I'll, I'll just throw out a, a whack possibility. What if they just shift him to all-time edge? I mean, you're down J.J. Watt. You don't have Zach Allen re-signed. Marcus Golden had a very, very disappointing year after reportedly holding in and then maybe actually holding in to get a contract. Isaiah Simmons is quick, twitchy, and if you want to utilize him in different sets at different positions, you still can. You're not tied down to, oh my gosh, he has to play on the edge, or oh my gosh, he has to play a middle linebacker. Utilize him to his greatest strength and then throw off offenses putting him in those other areas of the field. Roops? He had a couple interceptions this year. He had these tackles for a loss. Most sacks he's had in his career. It's not like he's not producing out there. And yes, maybe he's not living up to that number eight pick. And I get there's a new regime coming in, but this isn't some guy who can't make it on the field. And if you looked at his journey just this past season, he was given way too much in the offseason, completely scaled back after the first game and not, doing a, not having a great performance covering tight ends like Travis Kelsey against the Chiefs, you just saw that he wasn't where he needed to be. He wasn't in that exact position for him to succeed. But he still put up numbers. He he, he put up... He had... I'm going more off the eye test than the numbers, though. If I remember right, the numbers kind of paint this picture that he spent much, much more time this year in a slot corner role or a safety role than perhaps he had done in years past, and maybe that was the feeling. Was That was kind of where he belonged. I, I, I'm going by the eye. It seemed like every game, Isaiah Simmons did one or two things where even if he didn't complete it necessarily, he would do something you go, oh, wow, that was a great play. Look, there's number nine. There's Isaiah Simmons. He chased down that guy, or he tipped away that pass. He makes he had... a lot of momentum-changing plays. It seems like, you now is that alone worth a fifth-year option? No, I'm not suggesting that for a second, but, but I... I, I think the fact that you could still bring him back even if you wanted to gives you the flex rather than locking yourself in for two years when you don't want to is is the real kicker here. And maybe for a new coaching staff, presumably a new coaching staff, a new management, they would look at a guy like an Isaiah Simmons and say, you know what, let's just do one more year. If we really want to keep him, we can keep him a year from now. If not, we're not tied to anything and we don't have to do it. I think that's probably the smart play here um, rather because I, I I hear Swiss Army Knife and the more I watch Isaiah Simmons play the more I think jack of all trades master of none you know like are you going to be able to find that one thing that he's really good at it is he is he not good at the one thing because he hasn't been given a chance to be good at just one thing or because his coaches realize he's not in fact good at just one thing he's not good enough at one thing that you can just stick him there and know he's going to be a great player for the next 10 years and I kind of am getting the hint that it's more of the latter than it is the former. That, cool. it's, that he just might not be good enough at one thing. 
thing to be able to say, hey, let's just put him here and leave him there, and that's it. He's good enough for that. Or if I wonder, similar to Hassan Reddick, because that's where my mind is going, is this whole seller's remorse of not giving him that fifth-year option and not having control in this next contract, and now look what Hassan Reddick is doing for the Eagles. I don't want to experience that seller's remorse with Isaiah Simmons again if he immediately pops off on a prove-it-year deal in year five of the NFL. If that one team and that one organization and that one regime figures out exactly what he does best at any moment's notice and makes him into the all-star caliber linebacker that the Cardinals were hoping for when they got him in 2020. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, a complete and thorough update on the Cardinals coaching situation, what we know about the names, what we know about the interviews, what we know about the story that was making the rounds today of a general manager candidate turning down the Arizona Cardinals. We'll tell you about all of that next on the Burns and Gambo Show.